might get through September. Hey, welcome Grace Point. Welcome to Thursday night Bible study. Pastor Brad, Father, open the ears, open our eyes, and open our heart, Father. Grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, I pray. Help me to teach, Lord. Flow out of me, Lord, uh, tonight as I teach in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we've been teaching the uh, Gospel of Matthew, going through Matthew 13. We just finished up the parable of the sower. I think it took us like seven weeks to get through it. It's a powerful powerful teaching. It's in all three of the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to go ahead and move on, and Jesus is going to tell a few more parables, starting in verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was asleep, His enemy came in and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weed uh, also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Hey, didn't we sow good seed in your field? Where did all this stuff come from? said, An enemy did it, he replied. And the servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He said, No. While you're pulling up the weeds, you will also root up the wheat. Let them both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in a bundle and burn them and then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. Now, this is one of the easiest parables to discern and to understand. Do you know why? Anybody out there know why? Because Jesus interpreted it. Now, I'm actually going to jump ahead. I'll come back to the parable of the mustard seed here in a second, but Jesus actually gave them the interpretation here in verse, I believe it's 36. He said, it's right around there anyway. He said, then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the weeds and the field. Then he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is me, the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. Notice how he uses uh, different in uh, the parable of the sower. The field was their heart. The seed was the word. Amen. Not the sons of the kingdom. And the weeds are the sons of the evil one. That's totally different. And... The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out His angels, and they will gather out the weeds from His kingdom, everything that causes sin and all that offends. And He will throw them into a fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has an ear, let him hear. There he is again. You got an ear? What he means is the hearing ear. We might talk about that at the end, the hearing ear. I've already said quite a bit about it. So this parable is is really self-explained. I think it's interesting. He said, okay, so the people are sowing the Word of God, 
and there are people getting saved, but sown in among the church, among the believers, are weeds. He said, the devil sows them among you. So he says, some people, and I'm not paranoid about it. I don't judge people. I don't know. <laughs> I can't always discern who's a weed or whatever. But over time, a weed always manifests. You'll, you'll know by their, the Bible says you'll know people by their fruits. If there are people that are coming up to you in the church that you go to or Grace Point and they're always gossiping, avoid them. Stay away from them. If there are people that, that cause you turmoil, ladies, if somebody's flirting with you that shouldn't be flirting with you, avoid them. If there are people that are always talking about your pastor negative because they want to have a spiritual conversation, avoid them. That's not kingdom talk, and that's not kingdom language. Even on the weeds, we don't pull them up. Jesus is going to pull them up at the end of the age. You just let them grow right there among you. But understand, and I don't, again, it says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth now, and it says that there'll be a fiery furnace. That could mean hell. And I've read this, some theologians disagree, and I'm not going to weigh in on this, but some people believe that these weeds, they weren't born again, they were weeds sown by the devil, that they're going to be thrown to hell, the fiery furnace, right? Other people believe it's Christians that never bear fruit and that they allow the devil to use them, and they're going to be judged severely. There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and they'll ultimately be saved. I don't know. I mean, you read that yourself, how you read that. There are no doubt going to be Christians that have regrets on the day of the judgment seat of Christ. And there is no doubt that there's going to be people in the church that you thought were saved that they never really gave their life to the Lord. No doubt about it. That, that, that'll probably happen. But we're not the ones. God's going to judge that at the end of the age. But Jesus did say you can judge a tree by its fruit. So here's what I'm saying. If you're in a congregation and people are causing trouble, you should avoid them. You got people that want to gossip. All they're interested in is trouble. They don't like the music. The sermon's too long. I like when he teaches better. I like when he preaches better. I don't like that topic. I like this. They're always, you know, I, didn't, I don't like the worship. I don't like this. I don't like that. They're always negative. It's okay for people to have an opinion. I'm not, you know, I've told people I like this type of worship better. And, but everybody has a different taste when it comes to worship. Everyone does. I had a person come into our church, one person, oh, I love your worship, you know, it's just so fantastic, and I had the same, could be, it could be the same week someone says, well, I got to get used to your worship. It's just, I had someone say, it's just not my type. I've had people tell me, Brad, you, you ought to teach more. I had people tell me, you ought to preach more. Just go on, what's my point, you know? Everybody has an opinion. It's okay to have opinions about things, but when those opinions become gossip, when we start looking for the negative in people, Rather than look for the treasure in people, we start looking for the negative in them. Rather than looking for the good in people, we start looking for the bad. Then you're in trouble. Jesus is going to judge everybody. That's not our place to. Now, there are times when fruit manifests and we have to deal with it. And I really say all fruit manifests eventually, sooner or later. Sometimes the elders will have to deal with something in the church because fruit will manifest. 
people will start causing trouble. One of the biggest things, one of the, one of the biggest things about the unbeliever, you can find out most true unbelievers are rebellious when they don't get their way. As long as people are getting their way, you really kind of can't tell the difference between a saved and an unsaved person. A non-believer, the word submission is, uh, I went off the screen there, the word submission is antima, it's a curse. They, they don't know how to submit. They don't get their way about something. Hey, can I do this? And you tell them no, they don't like it. Hey, can we start a prayer meeting? No, we just got this, really feel like God's not in that right now. We want to go this direction. They don't like it. They'll start talking. Hey, can we do this or that? You say no. A non-believer almost always is rebellious in their heart. And, and, and if they are, they'll start talking. And you can identify people by their speech. Now, what do I do when I identify people by their speech? Cause trouble. I know, folks, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not just saying this, but I almost always know when people are doing it. But you wouldn't know that I know because what I do is I pray for that person. I'm not their judge. I mean, I'm pastor. People are accountable to me in certain realms. I start praying for them. I love them. I try to be good. I forgive, and I, I try to be good to people. I want to show them there's a better way, and I'll pray for them. But I will not engage with them in slandering my brother. I won't engage with them in a negative attitude. I believe in what God's doing in my life, in our church, and I don't want to be uh, scarred and marred with gossip, slander, and malice. The Bible says, put all that stuff off. I was thinking yesterday, talking to the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't have malice toward anybody. There's people in our government that I disagree with so much. I do not have malice toward them. The Lord is teaching me, it's been a challenging lesson, to pray for them. Just like he said in the first Timothy chapter 2, to pray for them. So just understand, if you're going to be a mature congregation, you're going to be a mature Christian, just understand that in any gathering of believers, there's always weeds sown in among the weeds. There's people that are unbelievers or weeds sown in. And then also, there are immature Christians that have to grow and learn to control their tongue and you know, different things, or maybe they're, they're anxious and worried a lot and they're weak in certain areas. You're going to have mercy on them. We're going to love weak Christians. We're going to have mercy on people when they're struggling. We're not going to judge people in the sense of condemning people. But understand, when you come into a church, there will be weeds in there. Don't be offended if someone you see somebody acting in ways that doesn't represent Jesus properly. Don't allow that to throw you. It's a part of the gospel. Jesus taught about it. Just be aware if they're causing divisions. Paul said, mark them and avoid them. Amen? All right, that's all I have tonight. A little more sober than I anticipated, but that's okay. We will see you next week, next Thursday. We'll continue in the Gospel of Matthew.